festive Sunday morning. Once upon a time, in a world brimming with possibility, there existed an extraordinary gift. The gift was given to special people like me and you. The gift is the power of stories. Stories are not mere collection of words. They are the messages woven into the fabric of human existence. They possess the ability to transport us to distant realms, awaken emotions, and ignite our imagination. Every story carries a message, a gift waiting to be unwrapped. Whether it's a tale of triumph over adversity, a narrative of love and loss, or a chronicle of personal growth, Stories have the power to resonate with us for the rest of our lives. You're probably used to hearing one version of the story. You know, away in a manger on, on an old holy night. But today will be very different. We're going to go deeper into the stories of the people who were key players at this precious time in history. These doors are not mere doors. They're book covers. Each book holds a, a life-size story of a character who was alive when Jesus was born. And so today, we start by hearing from a man who can't speak. But his message is loud and clear. This is faith in silence. Clap your Oh, you want me to tell them? Oh, okay. Hello, I'm Eli. I'm the High Priest Zacharias attendant. As you can see, he's not really talking right now, so I'll be doing the talking today. Now, some of you might be wondering why exactly he isn't talking. Is it okay if I tell him everything? Okay. One day, Zachariah was in the temple, and an angel, a real angel, appeared to him. The angel told him that he was going to have a son. Now, this was a big deal because Zachariah and his wife are really, 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 really old. <coughs> Please forgive me, sir. The angel's name was Gabriel, and he was on a mission. He spoke about the Messiah, and it was time for him to be born, and that his kingdom will have no end, just like the prophet said. And what were you And but Zachariah and Elizabeth were also to give birth to a son. And what were you to name him, sir? Oh yes, John. But Zachariah didn't even believe in the angel. Like, can you believe it? The Most High Priest of the Most High Gods told an angel that it was impossible and can never be done? Well, technically, you didn't say anything. Please forgive me, sir. Okay, back to the story. Is it okay if I tell them when you question the angel Gabriel and he saw your doubt and you know the power we as people have in our tongues, he cannot risk you undoing what God meant to accomplish with the coming of the man who prepared the way for the coming of the Messiah? Is there anything else you want to add? 
I was too old to have a son. I gave up on becoming a father. So when the angel came, I did not believe. I was afraid to believe. How can my small story be a part of a big story? God's story. God's people will receive a Messiah. And I will receive a son. For nine months, I cannot speak. But there was work to be done in silence. But the work of my faith was to believe. Was to believe.
my voice is back. Really? My voice is back. Oh my gosh. Can I sing it to you? Yes. Okay. There can be miracles when you believe. The hope is frail, it's hard to kill. Who knows what miracles you can achieve when you believe somehow you will. How you will, you can when you believe. You can when you more time if you would for Eli and, and Lee. I'm sorry for Zach and Eli. Good job, guys. Okay. Now who's ready for a good old love story? Anyone? Good. But how many of you know that love can sometimes be work? Just imagine having the fiance of your dreams and then finding out that they got a kid on the way. Picture the joy around planning the wedding of a lifetime and now imagine being ruined because you're gonna be killed when people find out that you're with child. A child you never even asked for. But you were assured that he would have a destiny that would echo throughout the whole world. Would you be scared? Would you be brave or angry? Would you be ready or would you be running? I don't know about you, but I probably would have all of those emotions. Well, in this story, one thing you ought to remember is this. No matter how many tests, challenges, or mistakes, this tale began with love. I present to you Deciding to Love. Please welcome them. Our time to even tell our story. Look, I know you feel you have the right not to trust me. But have I ever lied to you? Are we going there again? Uh. Joe, they're looking at us. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mary, and this is Joseph. And we were chosen to bring the Messiah into this world. I don't know why, but... But you are the most beautiful and the most trusted woman alive. Very cute. But it's the why I don't get. Here I was, a young virgin, with hopes and dreams. I had no clue heaven had eyes on me. Yet, I was commissioned. I had determined in my mind from childhood that I would always obey the Lord. I just didn't know to what extent he would require my obedience. <laughs> Your obedience? <laughs> yes. It took a whole angel to convince me to marry you. 
<laughs> we could have both died multiple times. Yeah, I know. You reminded me of that when you were going to put me away. Herod was killing all the children. What else was I supposed to do? Listen, I loved you and I honored you. <laughs> you, you honored me by sending me away. That doesn't sound like honor at all. It sounds like shame. But I couldn't bear to marry a woman who had another man's child, and you wanted me to raise this child, his child. <laughs> Look into the eyes of a child whose eyes were not mine? That would have been unbearable. I didn't see it from your perspective, Joseph. And by the way, it wasn't another man's child. And I was supposed to believe That's that. That's exactly right, Joseph. If you loved me, you should have trusted me. All I know is that you called me a liar. A liar. And you were going to put me away. Then what? Then the angel Gabriel came, and he reminded me that love has nothing to do with how I feel. Even when love was the most Difficult decision I had to make, I had to make a decision. And so did I. You know the law, Joseph. My very life was in danger. They would have stoned me. And for what? Obeying God? You know, you're right. I admit, the very thing I was afraid of came true. I did have to raise another man's baby and look into his eyes and know that they weren't mine, but they were the very eyes of a man who would save my soul. And you know what, Joseph? You gave us a great life. A life that we wouldn't have had if you hadn't decided to obey that angel. I know. This had to be the hardest decision you've ever faced. But remember, we both had difficult decisions to make. I decided to believe God. And you decided to believe me. You're right. It's a decision I'll never regret. This is what I believe, that love has little to do with what you feel. Love is a sacrificial act for the benefit of the other. Love is a decision. You know I love you, right? I love you too. nobody got me, we got
shadowed corners of every story, there lurks a villain, a figure shrouded in darkness, embodying malevolence and chaos. The villain, with their twisted desires and ruthless pursuit of power, adds a chilling depth to the narrative. They are the embodiment of our deepest fears and our darkest impulses. A reminder that evil exists even around you believers. With every vile act, the villain challenges the very essence of goodness and righteousness. They become a formidable obstacle threatening the harmony and the stability of the story's world. Their malicious intentions serve as a stark contrast to the noble aspiration to our heroes. Remember, the greatness of the hero's tale is determined by the nefarious nature of his foe. I give you the nemesis of destiny. When I was a young man, 
I heard stories from my father's father and their fathers before them passed down. They told me of a prophecy from the prophet Micah, who said, a king would be born out of Bethlehem, for out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. <laughs> but I am the ruler of rulers, and there shall be no other. <laughs> they say his rulership will be vast. They say he will not rule with an iron hand, but with a heart of love. They say his subjects shall love and obey him. What kind of king would prefer respect rather than fear? They say his destiny will be so great that the hands of time will not fail to sing of his power. They say his kingdom shall have no end. Well, I say, over my dead body! It is said for every destiny of greatness deserves a worthy foe. Every goal deserves a formidable challenge. But when I learned about this foe, my challenge was <laughs> just a baby. So I decided to insert myself into the history of this so-called king. And when the wise men came and warned me of the birth of this boy, I ordered them, I mean I sent them to Bethlehem and told them, go and search carefully for this child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him, for I am his sworn enemy. <laughs> I will kill every child in Bethlehem before I succumb to the rulership of a boy who calls himself God. <laughs> this book that you read is a warning to all of you with big dreams and vast goals, you will meet opposition. There is a villain in your great tale, and everything you've ever believed in your entire life will be shaken. You will be challenged to fight or surrender. <laughs> I know what I'll do. Yes, indeed. I know what I'll do. Free. They 
They set the house on my tracks They made a demon out of me Then they put a cross on my face They put a circus out of me Cause I got some blood on my hands But they would see me when I'm coming I know, I can't help it. (laughs) Children in stories are frequently depicted as symbols of innocence and purity. But don't you let this next story fool you. The children in, in it were trusted with the messages of all messages. The king was born and heaven wanted to celebrate with earth. Now, who else do you know who will turn all the way up and celebrate harder than young people? So let's lean in and listen to this message without underestimating who God chooses to bring messages through. This is, A Child Shall Lead Them. Our story starts with a very important cultural detail that most people miss in the Christmas story. After Jesus was born, God sent angels to declare the birth of the long-awaited Savior of the world to a group of shepherds. But you already knew that, right? Now, typically, people picture these shepherds as being 30 to 45-year-old men with beards. But guess what? These shepherds were likely to have been young people. Yep, kids. See, in the Middle East, Most shepherding is done by children, and many of them were girls, might I add. Typically, the men with the beards will watch from a distance as their young relatives take care of their sheep. 
To this day, if you were to visit the Holy Land, you will still see young kids tending to their family sheep. And since shepherding was considered a lowly role, it was often a job done by girls as young as eight years old who would watch after the flock until they were 15 and ready to be married. There are some exceptions, of course. Yeah, like King David. He was also a shepherd, but he was the youngest in the family. Okay, back to our story. This night was epic. We were just doing our chores when suddenly an angel, a real angel came to us. I was so ready. Uh, no you were not. You almost knocked me over trying to run away. Yeah, and my ears still hurt from your screaming. Okay, okay, I was scared out of my mind. But y'all were too, can I please finish the story? Okay. okay. Gabriel the angel told us to not be afraid. He was so nice. And the best part is he told us the Savior had been born. All our lives, our parents and rabbi told us that the Messiah would come one day. But they never seemed like they really believe it. I mean, they have been waiting 400 years. But wait, tell them the best part. Then a whole host of angels showed up singing. I mean, millions. And millions and millions of angels singing. This was major, like massive, because we were the first one to hear the news. And whenever God says something for the first time, any other times it is mentioned, it is compared to the first time that it was spoken. Which means every time the story of Christ's birth is mentioned, so are we. So maybe the moral of our story is don't underestimate who God reveals himself to. Guys. What if God chose to reveal the birth of his son to a group of young kids first? Makes me think. If you ever heard a gospel from a kid, would you believe? Yeah, and it makes me think. If God can choose to reveal himself to a group of young kids first, then maybe us kids should pay attention. If God thinks that we are important, then maybe we are. Young people had an important role to play in God's story. And we still do. Hey. Do you remember how that song went that the angels were singing? Oh. Glory 
so good. Are you enjoying these stories today? You can clap your hands like you enjoy them. That's all right. So good. Oh, my gosh. I'm so proud. In the celestial tapestry of heavens, there exists a being of transcendent majesty and unparalleled duty, the archangel Gabriel, known across time and cultures as a messenger of God. Gabriel stands as a beacon of divine purpose, a holy envoy between the realms of the ethereal and the mortal, tasked with the role of incomparable weight. And having been seen only four times, Gabriel, in the, is, the herald, Gabriel is the herald one of God's specific word the bearer of messages that shape destinies and alter the course of history. His voice, both gentle and thunderous, command attention, echoing through the heavens and the earth with the authority of the Almighty. We know he is the trusted being who carried the message to the maiden Mary. But what we don't know, however, is how he must have felt to deliver the most precious message ever curried. Please receive the messenger. It's a story I never get tired of telling. Okay, so imagine the heavens. Go for it, try it. Imagine the most beautiful place you could ever imagine. Now take the best part of that imagination and multiply it times a hundred. Come on, let me see you do it. Now hear me when I say this. It's nothing compared to the actual place. Trust me. Okay, so one day in heaven, I received the envelope. The message on it was clear. It simply read, Gabriel, the time has come. And I almost completely lost my mind. I couldn't believe the day was finally here. I couldn't believe that the time for my assignment had come. My assignment was to deliver a message. God had chose Mary and Joseph of the house of David in Bethlehem. They were chosen to birth and raise the son of God. I knew they would be terrified but little did they know that so was I and no not at that defeated foe King King Herod or whatever they call him no 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 <laughs> and he loses by the way 
No, I was terrified because the Father had chosen and planned this way before the beginning of time. And it had to be executed down to perfection. I could not drop the ball in any way. I had to deliver the message exactly how he wanted. The Father in heaven called her highly favored and chose her to birth and raise the Son of God. So as you can imagine, literally everything was banking on her obedience. Her obedience was to deliver the Savior. And my obedience was to deliver the message. The Father chose her. It was the darkest part of the night. And Mary was found sleeping peacefully in her bed. I allowed the warmth of my light to wake her. She was startled, but she was brave. Above all, I just needed her to believe. So I looked her in the eyes and I told her, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Oh, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? Yeah, and when you kissed your little baby, you kissed the face of God. Oh, Mary, did you know? Oh,
baby boy would come to make us new. Oh, Mary, did you know that your baby boy That your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb And that sleeping child you're holding is the great And so, as we close the books upon the stories of those who carry the very messages of this season, allow me to delve just a little bit deeper and pose a few questions, if you will. What will be the message in the story of your life? Will it radiate with hope and triumph and victory? Will it embody the virtues of courage and faith and forgiveness? Or will it remain closed and untold and unexplored? Your life's message is a personal narrative, an opportunity to leave an imprint on the world that God still loves. It is a chance to inspire, to uplift, and touch the lives of others. How you choose to craft your own story is a reflection of your relationship with Jesus. Will you embrace your challenges and setbacks as stepping stones towards triumph? Will you cultivate hope in your heart like those around you, even in the face of adversity? Most importantly, ask yourself, how will you carry the message of Jesus throughout your own life? Your story is an intricate woven in, into God's master, master love story. How will you embody the presence of Jesus in your own words, decisions, and relationships? Will you commit to reflect his love, his compassion, his obedience? Just like the message we've heard today, your story is not separate from the divine narrative. It is a part of it. Each chapter, each choice, each interaction holds the potential to carry the message of Jesus in ways you never thought of. So in this season, don't forget your superpower. Tell the story. Be the message. Amen? Did you enjoy this? This is... The Nativity Chronicles, a human library play. Thank you so much for your attention.